if I get drunk and I pass out on the floor now, baby, you won't bother me no more, no more, no more. If you're drinking well, you know that you're my friend, and I say, I think I'll have myself a beer. That's you right. You know what? I think maybe we should have a beer. Yeah, but only if there's music involved, if you know what I'm saying. I think I do. Because this is American Brews and Tunes. Here's a theme song, you know it's not a mean song. It's a good song, just as it should song. American Brews and Tunes. Shibbity-beeby-dow! Whoa! Welcome back to another fun episode of American Brews and Tunes. Oh my goodness, it feels like just a couple of seconds ago, if you're listening <laughs> consecutively to these episodes. If that's the case. But anyways, my name is Stephen Johnston. And my name is Jesse Titus. And this is episode number 68. We are yeah. back to our regular format in which I recommend a album for Jesse to review, and he does the same for me. Yeah. So this past... Uh, However many weeks it's been, I don't remember. I've been listening to an album by the Arctic Monkeys called yeah. Whatever People Say I Am, That's What I'm, I'm not. not. Oh, sounds kind of mysterious. Maybe, maybe not. Actually, it sounds pretty straightforward. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also have been listening to an album, not by the Arctic Monkeys, but by the Vandals for the past X amount of weeks. And it is called Hitler Bad, Vandals Good. That is also pretty straightforward, <laughs> yeah. I think. Maybe more straightforward, I don't know. Um, but uh, as always, we will touch upon those albums. But before we do, let's uh, talk about these beers we're about to review for you. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, um, as always on our regular format episodes, Jesse tries a beer and I try a different beer. Uh, yes. And we probably couldn't have more different style, different beers of the same style. Oh, the um, same style? We both are drinking a double IPA, I believe, right? Yes, double IPA. Um, but I think yours is going to be extraordinarily different than mine. I think so, yeah. Um, mine is from a brewery called Decadent Ales, and I have had some brews from them before on this podcast. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I had the Tropical had the, Smoothie IPA, and, and I had the French... One? I think it was like... It wasn't French toast, but it was like the maple... Maple something or toast, other. Something, something or yeah, other. maple fr- That tasted like French toast, right? Yeah. But this week, I'm having the Pecan Pie Double IPA. Ooh. So it says it's a double IPA with pecans and maple syrup. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. So that's, that's, it says it's got that, uh, they're trying to recreate that salty caramel taste of pecan pie. Nice. Do you say pecan or pecan? I say pecan. Yeah, me too. I always thought it was funny when people say pecan. Pecan pie. And in fact, there was this episode of the Lizzie McGuire show. I don't know if you recall <laughs> that that TV show. I I know what it is, but I never really watched it too much. Oh, we watched a lot. And on one episode, <laughs> Lizzie McGuire show. Lizzie's teacher came over for dinner with this, her family. Yeah. He's like, I brought over some pecan pie. And Lizzie's dad says, I love pecan pie. And it's not that funny of a line, but just because they said pecans, I, me and my sister thought it was the best. And so we would go around saying, I love pecan pie. <laughs> It's not. It's objectively funny. not funny at all. No. But we would just go around horrible, unfunny inside joke. <laughs> Good. But that's well, what hey, I think of. Now everybody knows about that inside joke. Well, at least everyone who listens to this episode. Yeah, all three people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably more than that. Maybe like twenty. Maybe like four. Maybe. Maybe five. Who knows? But uh, so I'm having a pecan, pecan pie beer, double IPA. And I'm having a uh, double IPA from the brewery Six Point. Uh, they are from Brooklyn, right? Yes, uh, somewhere in New York City, somewhere in the, the city itself. Yeah. Um, and but this double IPA is called Dabble, and it is brewed with some, I believe, experimental hops. Um, I'll just read what the back of this beer says says, there's nothing quite like your first taste. Yeah. Hop farmers are breeding insane new flavors. One sip and you'll be hooked. (laughs) To truly harness these new flavors, though, you've got to dabble a bit and (laughs) and test them out. Clever. This new hop blend blew our minds. So for dabble, we're taking our experiment full scale with massive loads of hops 
so everyone can experience it. Um, and the hops they use are Sabro, S-A-B-R-O. Whatever that means. Uh, cashmere and Idaho 7. Idaho 7. <laughs> I like that one. Um, Sabro like hop. provides an incredible coconut note. Cashmere brings a soft, delicate complexity. And Idaho 7 brings potency. You mean potato and C? <laughs> potato and C. <laughs> um, dip a toe in. Dare to dabble. <laughs> dare to dabble. I dare. I dare to dabble, Steve. So, well, I dare to eat a pecan pie. Now, here's the, the interesting thing about this. Um, it's 8.2% alcohol by volume, ABV. Yeah. Guess what the... I uh, Did you already look at the can? I looked at the can, but I didn't look at the... Guess what the IBU is, the International Bittering Unit measurement for this. Uh, for an experimental, where they're using loads of experimental hops, double IPA to 8.2, I would guess for it to be like 60 to 70. You would guessed incorrectly, sir. What would it be? Very cold. Uh, well, I don't know which direction you're going well, to go. Try it out. 12. Warmer. 20. Exactly. Really? <laughs> Third guess. <laughs> that's pretty good for three guesses. Yeah, so... That's very low for a double 20, IPA. 20 IBU? I mean, that's, that's normally like what a lager is. Maybe a slightly hoppy lager, but slightly yeah. hoppy lager, yeah. That's, like maybe a session IPA or something like that. That's, it's going to be very drinkable, I, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I just wouldn't imagine that a double IPA that's 8.2% would ever be... Would ever have 20 IBU. I wouldn't either, but you it's know crazy. what they say. But it isn't. You know what they say? I wasn't going to elaborate, <laughs> and I'm still not going <laughs> to. What say that we, we crack our cans? Yeah, let's do that. This was canned on the 13th of January of this year. Best before July 12th. Oh, so yours is very fresh. I don't know when yeah. mine was canned or any of that business, but I don't care. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I bought it fresh. I know that. All right. Let's, let's give this a try. Yes. And Ooh. just to, to remember, when I did have their... That maple French toast, whatever that was. Yeah. It really wasn't that hoppy. Like, it, I, I remember upon tasting, I was like, this doesn't even yeah, taste like an a, IPA. It's a double IPA, though, right? Yeah, it was a double IPA, and I was like, this doesn't taste like an IPA at all. It, mm. it was really odd. So I'm I'm curious how, how hoppy this is going to be. Color-wise, ours are extremely similar. I think mine's a little bit darker, a little bit hazier. Yours is hazier, but it's pretty much fairly the same similar, color, yeah. though, yeah. Mine is not hazy, but it's really sedimenty. Sediment tree. Like if sediment tree, my dear Steve. Go ahead and take a close look at mine. You can see them all up in there. All oh, the yeah, the sediment just suspended in suspended the brew. Within the beer. So let's say that we uh give our magic cheers and uh, give these a try. Sounds like a plan. Alakazam I just wanna wait for the head to go down a little oh. bit. Also, Alakazam is not our magical cheer. This is what it is. Abracadabra. <laughs> JK, guys. Wingardium <laughs> Expecto Patronum! Nah, but for real. Enough with Harry Potter talk. Down the hatch. Partially down the hatch. Nope, this is pretty on par with the last one where it's not... Like, there's a hot presence, but it's really not there. It kind of tastes like, oh, it's hard to, I don't want to say a strong ale because it's not even that strong, but it does taste caramely and pecan-y. pecan It Not at first. At first, it's like a weird sweetness, and then it gets like that sticky pecan, like gooey flavor that you get, and it is like a dessert. In a, in a pecan, in a it pecan is pie. super duper sweet. One of the sweetest beers I can think of that's not like... A fruity beer or a stout. What's that? Uh, what's that lady's name in Harry Potter? Sybil Trelawney. Trelawney, yeah. Is her name Sybil though? Something like that. Whenever you said Picani, that's what I thought. Picani Trelawney. Oh, Trelawney. <laughs> <laughs> what's uh, uh? What's going on with yours? Whoa. Well, first of all, I just had a really nice hot burp from it. Um, it is definitely not too bitter. It's really smooth. But it still has a really intense, like, uh, like really well balanced, deep body. Um, I can kind of see what they're talking about with the coconut note on those, uh, on that um, Sabro hop. Um, there's like a slight tropical note to this beer, but it is very thick, 
and it's very drinkable. It tastes very good. Does it taste experimental? A hint of experimental in this beer. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's kind of like, you know how some beers are like really dank? Yes. (laughs) This beer is dank, but in a in a way different way it's not like the typical hemp dankiness it's pretty good though that's true now we'll do a little switch ski and i'll try steve's beer let's see if i can taste the pecan pie yeah so you definitely see if you can taste that uh pecan pie i will and i'm gonna see if i taste these experimental hops and whatnot it i can get those hop pellet smells it smells delicious Wow, that one does kind of taste like pecan pie. What do you think? Uh, super smooth, not very hoppy. Um, it does have that light dankness. Yeah, but it's kind it's of like, like dull. Dank light. Dank light? Yeah, <laughs> but dank not, light. not in a bad way, though. No, in a good way. It's super. It tastes like what a session ale should taste like. Oh. Even though it's like twice the alcohol content of a session ale. Interesting. Um, because it, it tastes like reserved and stripped back but delicious yeah yeah you just see uh the sweetness on this one yeah almost like oh overly sweet but not quite yeah did you kind of experience a little bit like that that gooey sticky caramel maybe whatever you want the flavor you want to call it yeah yeah i think i did weird it's it's kind of lingering too it's weird but good it's nice i'm not sure that you would want to have more than one can of these because it's so decadent that one might even be a splitter yeah it's decadent for sure Decadent faux show. And in fact, uh, when I checked this beer in, I said, dessert faux show. <laughs> Did you really? Quite literally. I don't know if you want to confirm that, but you can. No, I believe you. All right, so shall we dive in? Yeah, we shall. Do you want to go first? Last, did you go first last time? Um, Probably, so I'll go first I don't remember, to be honest, but we well, can start off with, with the Arctic monkeys. Yeah, so let's, uh, let's gear up for a blizzard, a blizzard <laughs> at the zoo, because we got some Arctic monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, the album, again, is called Whatever People Say I Am, That's What I'm Not. And this album yep. came out in 2006, yeah. so it's uh, 13 years old. It's a teenager. It's a teenager. It's a teenager <laughs> album. Um, this was their debut album. Yeah. Um, and it they were already uh, pretty well known in uh, the UK before this. Right. Uh, there was a ton of hype uh, like surrounding them even before, the, before this came out. Really? Um, yeah, it's it's kind of surprising for their mm. debut, you know? Yeah. Um, but this was the fastest-selling album in British music history. Really? It sold 360,000 records in its first week. Dang. Its first week. Um, it went on eventually to sell 1.8 million in the UK, uh, half a million in the US, and then a ton of other places. But yeah. um, I think it's still like the fastest-selling album like the fastest to, or the fastest or quickest selling, whatever you want to word that as. Yeah. Um, in one week or whatever you want to call it. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, crazy. Um, but yeah, like I said, they had lots of success because they had been a band for not too long, but they were releasing stuff, playing shows. Um, and MySpace was big and file sharing. So people were getting their demos oh. and stuff and sharing it all over the place. And the band was all for that. They're like, yeah, just whatever gets us more exposure, you know, just yeah. get it somehow. Yeah. Uh, Metallica was definitely not on that train. I tell no, you. they were not. Yeah, crazy. Um, but before this album came out, eight of the thirteen songs were released. Whether it really? was singles or whether they were on other releases like demos or something. Yeah, eight songs have come out, which is an insane Dang. amount. So yeah, that's a lot. If you like eight of the songs, wow! Here's gonna come eight polished versions of the songs you already know. Yeah. Already Actually, know and love. I haven't even heard like some of those demos. I'd like to go back and, and find some of the, the demo stuff that they released, but but you know, yeah, yeah. It must be good enough for people to like. I'd say so. The album title is from a book by Alan Silto, I believe I'm pronouncing his name right. And the book is called Saturday Night and Sunday Morning. Okay. Uh, so that kind of oh, makes kinda, sense. I kind of get it. Yeah. The part uh, part of that scene, title, you know? but yeah, by what the like, kind of what the so- some of the songs are about. Yeah, a lot of the songs have a very common theme. Uh, arguably a bit of a concept album, perhaps. Maybe. Uh, and I think the last track would be an argument as to why it's a concept album, but okay. uh, loosely a concept album. Okay. Um, I would classify this as like poppy garage rock. Yeah. Like British British post-punk British dance post-punk, maybe. Because da- it is pretty dancey, isn't it? Super dancey. Yeah. Um, but not and, like electronic dancey. Yeah. 
In the way like, that like a dance like drum beat is repetitive, I'm gonna be repetitive by saying that each song is catchy and dancey. So yeah, okay. if I say that a lot, <laughs> that's why. Um, most of the songs, like I said, uh, that concept are about like going out, going clubbing, yeah, um, hanging out with your friends, drinking that kind of stuff. Yep, it's like a early twenties anthem album, I guess. Yep. Just uh, what they're talking about. Yeah. Um, and you know, the clubbing scene. It's uh, I know all about that. <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. No, I don't. <laughs> Maybe it's different in the UK. I don't really know. You know what? I, I feel like I'll it, probably it probably is. is. Yeah, but I'm not gonna learn. <laughs> no. All right, you let's mean, dive in. You shall mean we? You never plan to go to the UK and go clubbing? Um, I'm not gonna say it's never gonna happen, but that's not my plan. Okay. I'd like to go to different places in the UK Same and here. try pubs as opposed to clubs. <laughs> you know, a public house pubs not not as a closed. Public houses, not clublic houses. <laughs> pubs, not clubs. Remember that, kids. Pubs, not clubs. That'd be a good t-shirt, wouldn't it? Pubs, not clubs. Because mm-hmm. I think there's a t-shirt that's called Pugs, Not Drugs. But oh, this is yeah. the other version. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's dive in, shall we? Yeah. We shall. All right, so this very first <laughs> song is called A View from the Afternoon. Oh. It's my first recommendation, and I gave it 4.5 out of 5. Nice. Uh, I know I pretty much say it every single album review, but this is a great opener because uh, it's fi- fast, mm-hmm. high energy, and it really exemplifies the sound to come. Yeah. Not always the case, like when you get little intros or weird things, but uh, this this time it's on par. Mm-hmm. There's a couple other songs that could have been album openers for this the same reason, but I feel like this was a good one. Uh, it, it comes in with like the heavy guitars and like that kind of round driving beat on the tom yeah uh and you think it's going to be this heavy rager and then all nope. of a sudden the distorted guitars get a heck of a lot cleaner yeah and he does that does a double time almost on the upbeat thing on the hi-hats like makes it dancey but almost punk rocky it's mm-hmm. it's hard to classify that drum beat but that's the sound that's going to re- come back again and again yes and I quite like it. Oh, I do too. It's very catchy, very dancey. Um, I think it, it's not really like the, the best part in the song, but it threw me off the first couple of listens, like two thirds of the way through it ends. <laughs> so you think. Yeah. And then the guitars are really panned and it's it's not like a dueling guitar sound, but it's like bam, 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 bam. Yeah. And there's like one guitar that's got a slightly syncopated way that they're playing. Yeah. And it almost doesn't sound like it fits, but it does. It totally does. It totally when the does. the drums come back in, then it then makes you're sense. Like, oh, that makes sense. Because the first time I heard it, I was like, what the heck? Did they screw up? <laughs> Did they screw up? <laughs> no, they didn't. Um, the song seems to be about going out for a good time, similar for a lot of the things to come. Um, but it kind of mocks the nightlife scene a little bit. Mm-hmm. And they do that from time to time on this album, especially as we get to the latter portion of the album. Yeah. Uh, moving on to track number two, which is called "I Bet You Look Good on the Dance Floor." I gave us four point five out of five. Good on also, the dance floor. second second recommendation for. Oh, me. really? Yes. Um, I think this was a very catchy one after the first listen. Yeah. Like I liked the first song, but I was sold on the second song. Mm. I, I want to listen to them the first time. Uh, this was the first single to be released on the album. Okay. Probably a good choice, I'd say. It's that's a good one to pick as a single. Uh, it's fast and aggressive, but melodic and dancey. Mm. Very catchy. Recipe for success. Uh, kind of like this podcast. Oh, <laughs> meta. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, this one might be a little heavier than some of the other songs, but other songs have their moments, too, where they shine through. Yep. Um, this song is about wanting to have a fling with a girl. Um, something probably without romance, I think he even says. Yeah. Uh, you look pretty good. I bet you look pretty good on the dance floor. Are you looking for romance? So I'm not sure what you're looking for. Yeah. So he's... Doesn't really want to get involved with the long-term thing. He wants yeah. it to be a, a pretty physical, just a short thing. Yep. Um, club scene I guess. You know? You know? I think so. Um, Again, we know the club scene so well. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we do. Um, but that's what he's looking for. And all all's he can say for sure or not is he bets that she looks pretty good on the dance floor. Yeah. How romantic. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> but not really not at really. all. <laughs> Moving on to track number three. This song is called Fake Tales of San Francisco. <laughs> uh, I gave this 3.25 out of 5. Okay. Um, I did not like it at first, and it's still kind of growing on me. So if I continue to listen to this album, maybe it'll grow more. Because I definitely like it a lot more than the first listen. The first listen, I was like, this is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, but this was actually a very popular single. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is pretty well known, and apparently it's a staple in their live show. Really? Or at least they play it off. I don't know if it's a staple. Um, it seems to be about going to a show in England. So it's like a fictional band that he's going to see. And the singer in the band is talking about going to San Francisco and like knowing all the good places to go see. Yeah. But it turns out that that singer's never been to America and he's lying. Oh. So it's literally fake tales of San Francisco. He's kind of trying to do that because it's cool and trendy to say that. Oh, okay. And gotcha. it's pretty much him calling him out on that. Hmm. Um, and he kind of gets to that point where it, I think it's the chorus. It's hard to sometimes tell what their choruses are. Yeah. Uh, but they go with that. I don't want to hear you kick me yeah. out, kick, kick me, me out. So I yeah. think he's trying to leave the show because he doesn't like it. He's mm. getting kind of peeved by this this uh, fake tales of San Francisco. These, these fake tales of San Francisco. Yeah. And then I can't remember the exact wording, but later on in the song, he's talking about like you're talking about going to New York, but you're from Rotterdam or something like yeah. some weird little kink, uh, city in, in England or UK yeah. somewhere. Uh, but it's not a bad song. Moving on to track number four, which is called dancing shoes oh put on your dancing shoes just as this is track number four i gave it a rating of four oh, wow. out of five um again very catchy super dancey uh which is probably why they call it dancing shoes because mm-hmm. it's all it's all for the dancing and whatnot yeah um and they definitely have that accented hi-hat like beat on the upbeat so mm, scats, scats. yeah put on your dancing shoes dum, bum, 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 bum. Uh, and this song in particular is about seeing a girl at a club who he is attracted to, but he's just a little too shy to go up and, and say go how he feels. And, oh, so he's telling himself to put on dancing shoes? I think so, but he definitely wants to go talk to this girl. He never does. Yeah. That's okay, though. It happens. Moving on to track number five. Um, this song is called, and let me catch my breath real quick before I say this. Okay. <sighs> You probably couldn't see for the lights, but you were staring straight at me. Whew, that was a long <laughs> one. I gave that 3.5 out of 5. Um, that's a very long title. It is. But it makes sense. Um, it's We've all had those instances where you think somebody's staring straight at you, but it turns out like they're not. Oh, right, yeah. Um, usually it's oh. like where they're looking at someone behind you. I've done that multiple times oh, where I'm too. just like staring into space. Why is this? Yeah, I do too. And then you're like, wait, why is that person staring at me? And that's why. Uh, in this instance, he's referring to a spe- specific event where there was this group that he liked, and I, yeah. I'm guessing their lead singer was a girl because they were, they used the pronoun he and she or she, um, and their frontman was a she, and he was attracted to her, and he thought that like she was on stage playing, he's like she's oh, looking at me, yeah. like that Except kind of for thing. The lights, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're on stage, you, you might be able anything. to see the person in the front row, but you can't see anything. Those yeah. bright, the bright lights will blind you. Yeah. Um. So that's what he's talking about. Interesting. Yeah. Kind of, and I he he's confirmed that, so I'm not I'm not BSing. Oh, okay, yeah. gotcha. Because uh, sometimes I do BS things. <laughs> There's a weird vocal melody that's almost doubled by the guitar, da 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 da, and it's kind of took me aback the first time I heard it, but I like how it's doubled by the guitar and bass. Yeah, but it was it's three point five out of five. It's not my favorite, but it was it's not a bad one. Yeah. Moving on to track number six, which I also gave 3.5 out of 5. Um, this is called Still Take You Home. Um, like mm. the last song, this is another fast one. Yeah. Um, but I'd say it, get, they, they get, it gets a little heavier with this one. Um, it's about him thinking that this girl's overrated and not special. But, but still... he still wants to take her home. Yeah. Um, but the curious thing about this song is on the second verse and then again on the third verse, she gets more and more appealing. Uh, like oh. in the third verse. And I think he even says like it's a year later. Uh, but mm. he sees her in a club again and talking about how, like, he, he's very much attracted to her and she's some, she's something. Hmm. Uh, so it's hard to tell if, like, either something's changed or maybe he's been drinking. Um, but either way, uh, he's going to take her home. Gotcha. Yeah, odd, though. Moving on to track number seven. This song is called Riot Van, and I gave it three out of five. Uh, this is, I'd say, the first part in the album where you finally get a big shift in sound. Yeah, definitely. Uh, they finally slow it down. Um, and a lot of it's like really reserved and stripped back. Mm-hmm. I believe it's just guitar and vocals for the whole song. For either the whole song or most of it. Most of it. Um, and a riot van it would be like a, a van that's got the cops in it. Like a, yep. Not like a paddy wagon, but maybe a paddy wagon. I don't really know. I'm if not sure. It must be a British thing. It is. Um, but it's it's really reserved back. It's not my favorite song on the album, but it's mm-hmm. kind of nice to have a little bit of change of pace when you're getting hammered by this fast, dancey music. Yeah. Um, and the song is about him and his buddies getting into mischief, and then 
eventually having runs in with the cops. Saying like, look out, run-ins, it's the coppers. Runs in, run-ins? Run-ins. Run-ins with the cops. Having run-ins. Yeah, yeah. run-ins. Run-ins with the cops. Uh, moving on to track number eight. This song is called Red Light Indicates Doors Are Secured. Uh, <laughs> I gave this 3.5 out of 5. And I didn't really know what that means. And they even that's the very last line in the song. Uh, what that means is, I don't know if this is a British thing. I think it is. Uh, in taxi cabs, like there's a in the back seat, there's a red light that's yeah. on. And when it's on, that means your doors are secured. They're locked. Oh. And that's so that people can't bail out they of the, the cab out. and ditch yeah. in their... their uh, <laughs> Uh, they're fair. I'm guessing it's probably similar. I've probably. only ridden in one taxi. I've ridden in a couple, but like the they're always like normal cars that I don't think lock. Yeah. At least I didn't notice. Maybe they were locking and unlocking maybe, after maybe the fare was paid. Maybe if you're in a taxi in like New York, they do that. Could be. Um, but this song is like recounting this night of go like leaving a club while you're drunk and just getting into shenanigans. Like yeah. he wants to jump out of the cab after he realizes that after only a couple meters, the, the fare's already up to like two... 250 pounds or whatever yeah. that relates to yeah <laughs> this album is super british <laughs> um they say a lot of weird things but speaking of the british things he his accent comes through so strong yeah it really does um like it's just like not not it's not struggle it's stroke struggle stru- I, I can't even say yeah. how he says it but it's it's very apparent and it's not always the case with british singers yeah um, like and the beatles I, oftentimes you can't really pick up on their accent. And I think Sometimes. that maybe some of their later stuff, it's toned down a little bit. Could be. Because I I knew one of their later songs, I think it's called Brain Dead. Something and like that, yeah. I didn't even know they were British. Maybe I really? didn't listen close enough. Um, but I didn't know they were British till this uh, I listened to this <laughs> album. Alright, moving on to track number nine. This song is called Marty Bum. Marty Bum. Yeah. And it took me I had to look that I one think up. That's too. probably a British term. It is. I gave this four point five out of five. So I did have to look up Marty Bum, and it is slang for somebody who's being like sulky or moody. Um, yeah, like oh, I think oh, the example they gave bum. it was like if someone says they're fine, but they're visually like they're really visually upset not. and like being yeah. like a, a, down, a Debbie Downer. Marty Maybe bum. Debbie Downer would be a good Mar- Marty Bum. Marty Bum. You're being a equal. real. You're, you're being Marty Bum. You're being a Debbie Downer. You're being a real Debbie Downer. So I gave this an honorable mention, actually. Okay. Um, because I I thought it was a cool, different sound for the song based yeah. on some of the other ones. Um, in this case, thematically in the song, I think he's talking about his girlfriend or somebody's got a relationship to. Mm. Um, and he's he says that uh, she's got a face. She's got. She's being Marty Bum. Mm. Uh, and then he's like preparing for this fight that's going to ensue. And then oh, okay. he's reflecting on like old times that they had that was so good. Um, but clearly it's not anymore. Not anymore. Yeah. It's got a, and it'll happen again later, but this song starts off with that soft kind of clean tone. Yeah. Um, but then it picks up big time. Mm. They do that in a couple other songs, which will come up soon. Moving on to track number 10, which is called Perhaps Vampire is a bit strong, but dot, dot, dot. Um, I gave it 3.5 out of 5. Um, this picks up the speed a lot from the last one. Yeah. Uh, and the vampires that he refers to would be like the fake supporters, the people who, now that they're famous, are all on board. Uh, hmm. But those people who still would assume that the Arctic monkeys are not going to succeed. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, and saying they're vampires, he doesn't care for them. Um, so perhaps vampire is a bit strong, but I think he concurs that that word is appropriate. Yeah. Moving on to track number 11, which is called When the Sun Goes Down. I gave it four out of five, and it's my the second of my three honorable mentions. <laughs> <laughs> I had a hard time narrowing this one down. Um, this was another single from the album. I think it's got a fun, clean guitar, and it's it's pretty much just like a, a well, during the intro, a clean mm. guitar. It's, uh, it's another one where it's the guitar and the vocals and soft, and then it kind of picks up. Yeah. Um, but the intro... And the outro are the same, where it's it's kind of that slow, laid back one. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one starts off with them saying like, "What's that girl there?" And then he's talking about that one guy who's uh, scummy. Oh right, right, yeah. right, yeah. Uh, and I didn't really pick up, and it's pretty obvious when you listen to the words, but I didn't pick up on it necessarily the first couple of listens. But he's talking about a girl who's a prostitute, like looking oh, at really? her, kind of like wondering like, "Well, how'd she get there?" Yeah. And then he sees a guy who. Is probably her pimp, mm-hmm. but he's not entirely sure. Um, that's what he suspects as he's viewing it. And he's kind of just kind of contemplating like the situations like, huh. and like how, like what all is going on there. Yeah. And he made a reference to 
Roxanne the song. Oh, this, really? Uh, if you listen again, uh, he's like, he, he, that guy made Roxanne put on a red light. Oh. Um, so maybe that's what the song Roxanne's about, too. I don't I think so. No. Maybe. Could be. I have no idea. I've, I've never really looked into the lyrics for Roxanne by the police. Roxanne. Mm-hmm. Remember that time in the office when yeah, when Kevin's when in Kevin's um, band? Scrantonicity. Scrantonicity is yeah. covering that song. <laughs> uh, let's move on to track number 12. Okay. This song is called From the Ritz to the Rebel. I gave it 4.5 out of 5, and it's my last honorable mention. <laughs> last honorable mention. Um, this is a fun song. Uh, it's fast, mm-hmm. and it's doesn't really again have a chorus chorus but the maybe there's a chorus i don't know i've hard i've a really hard time getting their uh their their choruses aren't it's not like really well defined no it's not like they don't just all of a sudden it's like all right this is the pre-chorus all right this is the chorus all right we're back to the verses yeah they kind of have weird formulas that they go by yeah um this song is a kind of a fun song he talks about going to a club but the bouncer doesn't like him so the bouncer doesn't let him into the club. Like oh, maybe really? him and his friend, they, they make them step out of line and, and get out of there, <laughs> uh, which is kind of funny. Um, but he still ends up going out and drinking and going home with a girl. And I think the next day he recounts the events to the girl. Uh, but when Sunday morning comes, he knows that everything has changed from Saturday night. Like he's saying, like, oh. this could happen on Sunday morning, but it, or like this could happen on Saturday, but not on Sunday morning. And I think that kind of relates to that, that book title that the album was, yep. was uh, inspired by. And let's move on to the last track, shall we? We shall. This song's called A Certain Romance. Um, I give it five out of five. It's my last recommendation. And I'd say it's probably my favorite song on the the record. This is the song that I knew the album for Did before you? I listened to it. I, I didn't recognize this before listening to the album, but uh, yeah. I, I would know it going forward. Um, it starts off with that driving... Uh, Tom roll so it sounds like he's pounding the song and the, mm. the heavy guitar and you don't really know where this song is going to go and it goes exactly where you don't expect it expect to go, to go yeah. Uh, yeah. that cuts out and then it's that soft guitar line that's and then you're like what the heck right yeah yeah and then it goes even farther where you don't expect it to go <laughs> the guitar comes in the upbeat and bat and bat Kind of like a ska song. Yeah. Um, there's another song that, and this, there's a couple other songs on this record that have, I wouldn't call them ska feels, but different. They have slightly that leaning towards that type of feel. Yeah. But this one has the most ska feel out of any of the uh, mm. the records. Kind of like how The Clash sometimes had some ska influenced music. Yeah. This is or their like reggae. Their reggae influence, yeah. Yeah. Um, super catchy song, and it's like infectious after the first listen. Yeah. Um, I think that this is the reason why the album could be tied together as a concept album. Uh, because well, all the, the other... song. Yeah. Well, that and it, it's just... This song makes more sense to be at the end thematically. Hmm. Like all the other songs, there's a lot about going out and doing stuff. But this song kind of examines that culture a little bit. The people okay. who are in it. Um, he's talking about those guys who wear the Reeboks and the, the jumpsuits, the tracksuits. If you watch any movies from England, you've probably seen people like that. I yeah. think it's a fairly common uh, thing. Even in Harry Potter, whenever Dudley's on the wrestling team and oh, older, he's yeah. wearing goofy stuff like that. Yeah, uh, and it's weird, like because I it must be like what the, like the normal like quote unquote jock wears yeah. over there or something like that. He's he's critiquing it, like saying that that's those people are like idiots. They, yeah. they like to go out get like have a couple cans. I think is what he said. Yeah. Um, you play pool, get in a fight after having a couple cans because after drinking, you've got the right to do that or something like that. Yeah. Um, so he's talking about how that's like that culture and that scene's dumb uh, and he's calling it out. Uh, but then at the very end, he admits that he's got friends that are in that group that sometimes mm. cross the line uh, and maybe he has more in common with them than he thinks. Yeah. Maybe there's they're a little unite, a little, little bit of being united there. Um, so I think that's him saying like that scene, even though in a lot of the songs he's mocking that club scene, he's still a part of it or it's a part of him. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's why they put this song at the end, hmm. just for that reason. That makes sense. Yeah. But that's speculation. I'm not really sure. That's just my my commentary. Mm-hmm. Overall, uh, it's a fairly, fairly good record with, with some fairly good playback. Uh, yeah, it's got I that, agree. That playback factor. So I will come back to this. It's, um, one, of those, it's one of those albums that like I won't listen to on repeat. Yeah, but if I'm like, oh, I should listen to that. Like I, I haven't heard that in a while. Like yeah. yeah, 
I haven't heard that in a while. I should listen to that. Yeah. I'd like to listen to some of their other stuff now, too. I think I'll, I'll do that. The only, the only other album I've listened to by them is the one the, the one that's all black, and then it has, like, the white sound waves on it. Yeah. I think it's, is I that FM something? Or, yeah, that something up? like that. And it's it's much different than that. Yeah. I'll have to give... It's not the same at all. I'll have to give that a listen, perhaps. Um, But why don't we... Switch gears a little? Uh, In terms of contact, context. Yeah. Or, like, content, I mean. Yeah. It's still, still, like, pretty fast, and I would say some of the songs are fairly dancey. Yeah, I would agree with you. Um, But... We're going to switch over to talking about the Vandals, their album, Hitler Bad, Vandals Good. <laughs> um, if you don't know who the Vandals are, they're a punk band. They started in the 80s. Um, and this album came out in 1998, and it's their seventh studio album. It's that so, old? Yeah. I didn't realize it was that old. <laughs> so they, they had been a band for a while. Wow. Um, the I don't know if I would call this a comedy album, but it's definitely the lyrics are rooted in humor though yes and that's that's true of a lot of vandals records yeah they're they just are tongue-in-cheek very yeah very very tongue-in-cheek is a good way to put yeah. it um so anyway um there aren't really many metaphorical things in this album there are a couple things that are metaphorical or songs that have a little bit of a deeper meaning um, but a lot of them are very face value. Like the lyrics are what they are, and that's exactly what they mean. They're trying to be goofy. Yeah, there's most of them are just trying to be goofy. They do not take themselves seriously. No, they no. take their they their musicianship seriously. Oh yeah, they're they're great musicians. But it's just they're like we're gonna make a song about blank, yeah, and because we do. think it's funny. Yeah, that's probably I think that's probably what they do. Yep. Yeah. So why don't we start off with track number one? That's always a good place to start. This song is called People That Are Going to Hell. <laughs> um, this might be kind of like a satirical song from the point of view of a religious person who like doesn't really care about um, other people doing things wrong. They're like, I don't really care because I know that all those people who do bad things are going to hell. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'd, I'd say it's a good way to look at it because they're being in the punk rock scene. They're yeah. Not the kindest towards religion. Yeah. Yeah. And, then, and this song is evident yeah, of that. People that are going to hell. So yeah, I think that first track is pretty much just about a satirical take on some religious people. Not all religious people, but Almost. maybe ones that they have come in contact with. And not the same, but uh that direct hit album, Brain This God. Yeah. Remember the f- it's not the first song, but I think it's the second song um during the they know the uh nuclear holocaust is is happening and so they're although they have that second song from the the view of the religious people yeah telling everyone that they're they're going to hell yeah <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's kind of like that but yeah different yeah definitely different but similar in some yeah. ways yeah um track number two is called cafe 405 Cafe 405. um <laughs> one of the lines in it is, is he says i think i'm in love with you red yellow white and blue um i don't know if he's in love with the cafe or if he's in love with a girl there, or if he's in love with the food there, but it could be any one of those. Yeah, I never really. Because he this talks was about, about someone jumping around on a pogo stick, and them being way more than a five to nine. So I think it <laughs> might be he's in love with a diner <laughs> or a cafe Probably. or something. But this album, this album is full of goofy ideas like that, and a lot of their their stuff is. Yeah. Like they're on a different album, they've got a song called um, "My Oversized Head" or whatever. I think it's. <laughs> um, I, I can't remember the song's called. I'll think of it and I'll, I'll, I'll bring it up later. Okay. Um, track number three. My di- my disproportioned head. My disproportioned head. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, you were true to what you said. That yeah. is later. That's my favorite Vandal song. I should have known. Is it? <laughs> it really is. Well, no, it's not. <laughs> but it's up is there. there more? <laughs> What's your favorite Vandal song? It might be Oi to the World. I don't know. Remember that was on my Christmas list? Yeah. Yeah. Um, either that or My Girlfriend's Dead or Disproportioned Head. So it's up there. Well. Or Eurobarge. I don't know. <laughs> well, the next song, track number three, is called My Girlfriend's Dead. And this is one of my oh, recommendations. Good choice. It's so funny. This is a song about how his girlfriend dumped him. 
but it's really hard for him to deal with that. So whenever people ask him where's his girlfriend, he just says that she's dead. Yeah, he's embarrassed or ashamed. <laughs> yeah. And I love the harmonies in the, uh, I think, I guess maybe the bridge. Mm-hmm. It's like, my girlfriend's dead. My girlfriend's dead, you see. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just such a ridiculous song. It's absurd. Yeah, and he like talks about how um, he like knows it's wrong to like lie to people, but it, whenever they are like really concerned for him, it makes him feel good. Yeah, like what's he say? I don't want to talk about her, but someone always asks about her. So I tell them all, no, my, my girlfriend's, girlfriend's dead. dead. My girlfriend's dead. My girlfriend's dead, you see. It's so stupid, <laughs> it's but it's so, so funny. Uh, but yeah, that's one of, my, one of my recommendations. It, uh, I think it shows off their musicality pretty well, especially yeah. with those like really high harmonies that they all mm-hmm. hit. And just in general, fast, good fast punk song. I just say so, yes. Uh, track number four is called I Know, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and the song is about uh, having a crush on a girl. Um, her name is Sandra. And she like, he knows, but he like knows that her brothers and like her dad don't like him. But he still wants to go hang out with her and whatnot. That's a pretty common common thing, right? Yeah. Especially for people in the music. Like the mu- music nerds growing up. Yeah. But it goes like, Sandra, I know, huh? And he's got a very unique voice. Yeah, he does. His name is Dave Quackenbush. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really funny <laughs> name. Um, I don't think it's like, it's not that weird, though. It's odd. It's unique. Yeah. It's it's hard to describe. And there was never, I was never like, I'm going to have to get used to his voice. No, I, I don't. Some people may say that, but it's not, it's not like, like super out there, but it's different. Yeah. It's definitely different, but not that bad. Not yeah. that different. Yeesh. On to track number five, which is my next recommendation. Oh. It's called Money's Not an Issue. Um, This is, again, a very catchy song. It has some dope melodies in it. And the whole premise behind this song is this guy is talking to his girlfriend and he's like, I know it's like, it's been really tough lately. Like you've been really busy with the twins and like you deserve so much better than this. So I'm going to take you out tonight and it's going to be awesome. It's going to be super proper. And then like he, he like builds up that this date night is going to be rad and totally cool. And then at the end of the song, he's like, he says, it's going to be awesome because I found $20. <laughs> so money's not an issue. Like He keeps saying, like, don't worry, like, money's not an issue. We're just going to go out and have a great time tonight. And it's because I found 20 bucks. They're going to McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he does. one of the lines is, feel free to supersize it. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It's absurd. Um, that's one of my recommendations. And track number six is also one of my recommendations. Oh. Because it's hilarious. It's the song is called "I've Got an Ape Drape." I've got an ape. Drape. I've got an ape drape. Yes, I do. I give it up to everyone. That means you. You can go to something and get one too, and then you'll have an ape drape like I do. It's so odd. It's a song all about the mullet. Essentially, is the haircut that he's talking about. Yeah, growing up in Pittsburgh, lots of people had mullets. Really? And in fact, uh, if one was to go to a Pirates game, anytime in the '90s, probably. Um, and I think I only remember this at, at uh, Three River Stadium, so it probably was the 90s. Um, they did something called the mullet cam. Oh, really? Where on the Jumbotron, they would just pick people out of the crowd who had mullets and show them. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> like, there's a kiss cam. I've the mullet heard of that. cam. We had, in Pittsburgh, we had the mullet cam. And it was the best because there was always an abundance of mullets that in is, 90s Pittsburgh. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I like that uh, a lot. Yeah. Um, but anyway... So that's the yeah, that's the uh, the whole the melody for that. And then later in the song, he goes through a whole bunch of other names that I think they came up with for the mullet. So one of them is uh, I've got hockey hair. Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, they're giving it to everyone, and that means you. So you can go to Canada and get one too, and you'll have hockey hair like I do. True. I have achy breaky hair. Yes, I do. <laughs> They're giving it to everyone. That means you. What's that guy? You can go Cyrus. to Nashville and get one too, <laughs> and you'll have achy breaky hair like I do. <laughs> Billy Ray Cyrus says, definitely had a mullet. Then he says mullet, and then he says forbidden hair for Europe, and then shong hair for Florida. 
apparently. I don't know, I don't know what strong hair is, but but I just whenever I first heard this song and he said achy breaky hair, I was like, because <laughs> you know exactly what he means. <laughs> yeah, uh, classic. So funny. Uh, so yeah, that was one of my recommendations. Just is that all of them? Out a of the hilarious way song. I may have recommended four songs. Well, I recommended three and honorably mentioned three, so (laughs) (laughs) I broke the mold a little today. Um, Track number seven is called If the Government Could Read My Mind. If the government could read my mind, you know I'm thinking of you. That's pretty much what the the whole song is about. It's Mm -hmm. like, well, because apparently they they talk about a lot of conspiracy theories in some of their songs. They, They get a little political on some of their albums, but not really on this one. Yeah. Um, so basically that's the whole idea behind the song is that mm-hmm. if the government could read my mind, they know, know I'm thinking, thinking about you. you. Well, it's a love song at the same time. Yeah. Uh, track number eight is called Too Much Drama. Mm-hmm. And it's a song about a kid whose parents are like divorced, I guess. And how this kid learns everything valuable from all the families on TV. Probably a latchkey kid if this came out in the 90s. Yeah. He's watching the after school, well not after school specials, but all the. He was, he's watching all the reruns. Yeah. Like he, I think uh, some of the shows he mentions are Three's Company. Three's Company too. Um, but anyway, that's that's the basic idea behind that song. Pretty good. Um, I don't know. All all these songs are good. They're all yeah, they're all good. So track number nine is one that is not a comedy song. It is a uh, a cover um, from the band Pennywise. It's called uh, "Come Out Fighting." Do you know what album that Pennywise song's on? No, but it was uh, before 98. Well, that's for sure. Um, but anyway, they uh, they they covered this song uh, because in the previous year, uh, the the bassist from Pennywise, Jason Matthew Thirsk, uh, had committed suicide. Yes. And so they... And this was one of the ones that Jason had played on. Yeah. So it would have been their first record. Yeah. Like, do, you know, so... do you know the song Bro Him? Yeah, that oh, song. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, he had written that about Jason Matthew Thirsk. Jason Matthew, Matthew Thirsk, Thirsk had yeah. written that for friends that had passed away. Yeah, but then on a Pennywise album that came out a little later called I can't remember what it was called. Something. Um, they re-recorded a live version of it. Yeah. And instead, they replaced those three people's name who had died with Jason's name. They say, "Jason Matthew Thirst, this one's for you." Yeah, and so this was. Uh, I'm assuming that Van- the Vandals were probably good buddies with them. Yeah, they're with California Pennywise. punk rock guys. Yeah. they all kind of knew each other. Yeah, yeah. So this was kind of like their tribute to him. Yeah. So not exact, not a, a joke song at all. Because uh, they didn't write it. <laughs> yeah, but still a very good, yeah, very good song. Um. Track number 10 is called Eurobarge, and this is a uh, kind of like a xenophobic song against Europeans. Xenophobic. Um, I hate that word. I know, so do I. I mean, it's a good catch-all. It's, it, it, it's a, it is just a catch-all term. for. Yeah. For, it's like they're like talking about their annoyances. Intolerance for Europeans. Annoyances with is. Europeans, yeah. yeah. Like they talk about They talk about like, why don't you guys wear deodorant? Yeah. Like, you guys smell bad. Why, do you, why don't you have personal space? Yeah. Like, why don't you wait in lines? Yeah. Here in now, America, if, respect your fellow man. Some other cultures don't understand. We've got this little rule. It's called first come, first served. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if they're being completely serious. Like, maybe they t- toured in Europe and, like, they're, they're, those are just things that annoyed them about Europe. It could be. Um, but I, I think they're, again, being a little tongue-in-cheek, yeah. saying, obviously, that that's... Maybe they're making fun of the Americans who get upset with that. It's, it's hard to tell. Yeah. It's hard to tell. But it's um, so catchy. But that game was also... Not that game. game. That song was featured on the game Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. The first one. Yep. Mm-hmm. That, that was the first one. time I heard the Vandals was that. That was that was the first time I heard a lot of bands. Yeah. A lot of like ska punk bands. Like Goldfinger I heard off there uh, the yeah, first Goldfinger, time. Goldfinger, uh, Suicidal Tendencies. Were they on there? Or was it Suicide Machines? Probably Suicide Machines. New Girl. Uh, New, New Girl, Girl yeah. There. I heard that and I was always like, wow, this is great music. This is great. And then I would like never went and found out who it was. Oh, yeah. Maybe right. even Dead Kennedys were on the first one, I think, also. Yeah. Oh, such, such a good soundtrack. It really is. Yeah. But alas, I did not learn about any of those bands till later in life. But well, I could have whenever I was playing it on N64. I mean, I remember, I remember listening. The, the first one was um, uh, Goldfinger with uh, 
Superman. I remember mm-hmm. hearing that, and I went to my computer. I went to Google or wherever it was at the time. I don't. Maybe I used Ask Jeeves. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, or maybe Yahoo. 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 And I typed in. I was like song lyrics, and I typed in every lyric I could remember from that song. Really? I found it. Yeah. Funny. Um. Anyway, on to my last recommendation. Oh. Track number eleven. It's called Effed Up Girl. Uh, this song. What would you say the style of this song is? Is it, is it like big band jazz, twelve bar <sighs> blues type? Yeah, it it doesn't it's sound like, like the other. Um, it's got like a lot of horns, like a really like walking bass line. Um, it's like really dramatic sounding. It's an it's an odd placement. Yeah. But, but it kind of fits. It's the same super time. catchy, though. Yeah. So this song is uh, is all about dating a girl, or like wanting to like date a girl who's clinically insane. <laughs> it's just, it's so ridiculous. And I love I love the music in this song. And so that's why, I, I, that's pretty much the reason I recommended it. That's but, the and it's just kind of funny. He's like, uh, what's one of the lines? It's like, I can't remember can't remember I can't but it's remember. really good though uh track number 12 is called an idea for a movie i like this song a lot the song is pretty awesome uh this song is basically him saying a bunch of different ideas for a movie and i think one of them is like about this kid who gets stuck in a bottle and has like adventures yeah, it's and then <laughs> another one is about this guy who like really wanted to learn how to fly, and eventually he did. But wait, we forgot to mention that he could only fly a little for a little bit and only an inch off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like during the song, he's like, "I've got an idea for this movie." And then after he gives the idea, he's like, "Is it too soon to whisper, Oscar? Put a happy ending there, and it'll write itself a swear." It's just a, a very goofy, silly song. Very much like it, but I did not recommend it. I would have recommended it. <laughs> On to track number 13. Uh, track number 13 is called Okay. And at the beginning of the song, it starts off like really fast. Like, mm-hmm. like super fast like that. And then uh, it just starts off with two of them talking back and forth to each other. One of them's like, hey, buddy, how's it going? How are you? <laughs> And he's like, I'm all right. I'm doing all right, buddy. How about you? And he's he's fast. I'm okay. 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 Um, and this is basically a song about not letting other people, like, tell you how to feel, or, basically, just being yourself and having that good old PMA, that a lot of the punk rockers positive mental attitude that a lot of the punk rockers ascribe to, which is a good thing to ascribe to. Positive mental attitude is a great thing to have. I'd say so. And it makes a pretty big difference in life. Um, so that's basically uh, what this song is about. There's also a Spice Girls reference in it. Is there? Yeah. He says, it's the tell me what you want, what you really, really oh, want. Okay. He says, all right, I'll tell you what you want, what I really, really want. <laughs> well, that's, well, that's that, that is the time, that, too. That's all. That's like all I'll tell you what the only, really part, really want. Yeah. The only the, part that they say. That's uh, time appropriate. This was back in the day when Spice Girls were big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that was uh, track number 13. Just a positive song about living your life the way you want to live it. As long the, as it doesn't the hurt The only other way people. to live it. I'm all about that. Uh, what's that way of thinking called? That's not libertarian, is it? Libertarian, yeah. No, but it's like a different thing. Like There's the, a different the philosophical idea of I can't remember doing what it whatever is. you want as long as it doesn't, doesn't harm other people. No, kind of like that bad religion song, Do What You Want, Just Don't Do It Around Me, but that's even that's different. <laughs> Um, I can't remember what it's called. While Steve's looking that up, I'll introduce the next song. The last song in the album, which after you guys hear what this is, I would hope that, and actually after you go and listen to it, um, I would really enjoy it if they ended their shows with this song, like every single time. That would be appropriate. Uh, the song is called So Long, Farewell. And now for those of you who know the, uh, the uh, musical, The Sound of Music, you will know this Rodgers and Hammerstein classic. It's the so long, farewell, 
I'll feed her say goodbye to you and you and you and you and you. Um, <laughs> yeah, but basically they put their own spin on it and it's hilarious. It starts off with this uh like weird sounding instrument it's going That's and that's the that's how it starts in the original one. It's sound of music, right? But it just sounds strange being on a punk album. And then uh yeah, they they just cover the song. But a lot of the things that they say in the song, they like pronounce words very like comically and, and kind of dumb and weird. <laughs> like they say, Auf Wieder saying goodbye to you and you and you and you and you. And you, and you. <laughs> they just like pronounce things really weird and have funny instrumentation in, in the song. Uh, but it's a, I feel like it's a, a fairly decent way to end the album. They're just saying like, goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening. It's a good album, a good way to close an album, but you're right, it would be a good way to close a show. Yeah. Have you seen the Vandals live? I've never seen them live. I've mm. I've had one, well, they came through Pittsburgh once when I was here and I was bad. I was really mad. Yeah. Uh, I can't find that, uh, what the term is for the philosophy of doing what you want as long as it doesn't hurt other, the harm principle. Mm. That's the only thing I can find. I don't know. Libertarianism, anyway. let's go with that. Yeah, anyway. Um, so overall, I think that album is awesome. Yeah. I think you'd, uh, enjoy other music from the Vendels as well. Yeah. Uh, whether think, it's a Christmas album or whether it's any of their older stuff. They Oi, haven't put... Oi to the World. Oi to the World's a good one. Um, they haven't put out music in a long while. Yeah, I was reading some review of this album and they were like, even though they haven't put out music since 2004, they're one of my favorite bands yeah, still. I think, uh, I think the 2004 was called, uh, Internet Dating Super Studs or something <laughs> stupid like that. <laughs> That sounds hilarious. Yeah, I'm looking forward to next week. We are going to be returning to the one-off series. Um, last one-off yep. was a uh, a good remembrance of Mac Miller's final album. Yes. Next one-off will be a little a little near and dear to my heart. Yes, quite near and quite dear. It is the untitled album by the greatest band in the world. Not self-titled, right? No, untitled. A lot of people will say self-titled. That's incorrect. Untitled. Is it titled? Untitled? No. It's just there's there's nothing. There's no title. Right. So for purposes of um what's the word that I'm looking for? For purposes logging. of logging the album. Yeah. It has to have in the brackets untitled. Yeah. But most most places will give it the self titled or, or or titled after the band. Blink one eighty two. Yes. A lot of people will say it's the album Blink one eighty two by Blink one eighty two, but that's technically that's not untrue. What it is. And Steve um, would know. I would know, guys. <laughs> Trust me on this one. I named it myself. Oh, pause not. <laughs> uh, but I'm very excited for that one. Um, yeah, so am I. Actually, I've only listened to that album maybe probably two or three times all the way through. Well, I've listened to it quite a few times through. You've probably listened to it like a hundred times through. Also, how many copies of this do you have on vinyl? Only three. Only three. <laughs> but I probably got about at least four copies on CD. <laughs> and I think, nope, I definitely have it on cassette tape. <laughs> well, hey, you can never have too many copies of this album. It's true. It's a great one. I guess. So I'm looking forward to that. And then after yeah, that, we here. will return to our regular format episodes, but we'll let you know about those albums later. Next week. Yeah. Um. So without further ado, let's uh, finish our beers. Any mine's, final thoughts? Mine's been solid the whole way through. It didn't really change too much. Same here. I was As happy I've, with it. As I've gotten to the bottom of this, I think there's the tiniest little bits of sediment. Yeah, I see a little in there. So I think, um, I think if you were to look in mine, you would see, like, here, just take a, take a hold of my glass and peek in there. It looks a heck of a lot hazier than it did before. I've actually had yeah, to shake definitely. it up a couple times because the sediment settled at the bottom. Yeah, and I think maybe, maybe if I would have maybe given my can, like, a, a quick turn mm -hmm. before just I had opened it. You probably would have more. taste a little bit different. Um, so this, the end of this beer is tasting a lot better than it did before. Would you get that again? Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm assuming that you probably have at least a four pack of that, right? Nope. I bought a single one from oh. Craft Brewed. Oh, a good choice. I, um, I ended work today near Craft Brewed. Oh, awesome. So That's... I decided to go there to get a beer for tonight. Bienvenidos, beer. Craft Brewed is here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, give our magic cheers, finish the beers, and sign off. Sounds good like a plan. Keep it a people do. Whenever I was saying sounds like a plan, I was saying I was gonna start saying sounds good.
But then I said, sounds like a plan. So I was like, sounds like a plan. <laughs> sounds like a plan. <laughs> anyway, cheers. Classic. Delicious. Man, that really doesn't taste like an IPA. It's so good. I know. This one also doesn't. Yeah, it tastes like a session. It tastes IPA more like or an IPA a weird than, pale than ale. yours does. But or hoppy does, lager. I don't know. It's hard to describe. It does not taste like a double IPA, though. That's for sure. Either way, good brews, yes. good tunes, and good life. Good life. Yeah. <laughs> good life. PMA. PMA, everybody. PMA. Uh, once again, my name is Steven Johnston. And my name is Jesse Titus. And we'll catch y'all later, American Brews and Tunes. <laughs> Did I say, do we catch y'all? Catch you all later. Let me redo that. Oh, we'll catch you later. Down on the uh, south side with American Brews and Tunes and that. Oh, I'll see you later, eh? Sure. We'll see you later, everybody, okay? Next time on American Brews and Tunes. With the Riff Raff. Here's a theme song. You know it's not a mean song. It's a good song. Just as it should song. American Brews and Tunes. Shibbity-beebity!